Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Hoop. Because of scheduling issues and life issues, you guys get this this week's episode one day early on a Sunday. So, uh, as usual, I'm your host, Coach Maples, and my co-host, King's in the building. Yes, sir. He real fly right now with the uh, uh, the burgundy wave cap. You feel me? That's <laughs> uh, the dude. They got the burgundy do-rag. <laughs> what is that, velvet? It's looking real. <laughs> yeah, it's the velvet. It's the, red, it's the velvet. All right, we have a lot to talk about uh, in the league and some NBA history to have fun with. Uh, first, we are going to start with a few Laker issues. First off, uh, the most important, obviously, uh, LeBron James returned after a 20-game absence, uh, 16 points, uh, did miss the game winner. But most importantly, I think he was uh, moving okay, which uh, was everybody's concern. Probably he took the full six weeks, as you predicted, Kings, to get his uh, – ankle and win right. So just what were your initial impressions of LeBron James uh, coming back? Yeah, I mean, he looked like uh, he was physically, uh, at least physically ready. Um, didn't see any issues really with his conditioning. Um, he, You know, he looked engaged in the game. Um, only real issues, I mean, obviously just some rest. Uh, some of his decision-making also had, was resty, but I mean, that's that's – you know, to be expected, he hasn't played in six weeks. But, um, yeah, man, in general, he looked good physically. Um, that wasn't really the issue with the Lakers last night. Yeah, we're going to get into some other stuff. We just, we just started here with LeBron. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Obviously, it was just some rust with the uh, with the shooting and just the general touch and the stuff. I had a couple, you know, uncharacteristic turnovers for him. But, again, just being out on the floor and looking like, you know, nothing was really physically uh, hampering him. After a 20-game layoff, I think that was just the most important thing, uh, you know, for me as a fan. So, now that we're okay with how LeBron's, we got to talk about uh, the combination the Lakers put on the floor. Once again, uh, the the Drummond issue, now that we have some data to look at, it's it's pretty (laughs) indisputable uh, at this point. It was real funny because they played Gasol for eight-minute stint 
only because Montrez got hurt <laughs> or got banged up. Uh, the team immediately goes on a run. Gasol ends the game, I think, plus 11 as in that first half alone. They go in a big run. Uh, Drummond just really struggling in pick and roll and just in just weak side defense, uh, being aware of finishing around the rim. He, the, it's, you know, what's funny. He puts up decent numbers. So it's like he's averaging 14 and like nine, I think, as a Laker, which is, you know, I never liked the phrase empty numbers, but when you watch, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's literally what they everyone has said his whole career yeah. hasn't hasn't changed. So just you're not completely like uh you know I'm not saying he can't play, but what is your take right. on, on on Drummond's fit with the Lakers after obviously the the the, the key stat before I toss it to you is that the Lakers defense has plummeted to all the way to 22nd with him on the floor. And then when he's off, it's back to first. So that alone for me is a big enough indictment to take a, a, a longer look at, you know, why is he really starting and playing 20-plus minutes as they're trying to fight for a playoff spot at this point to avoid the playing. So you take it away with Drummond, uh, what you've seen so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only the good things I've seen from him is that he's worked on his free throws percentage, so it's not he's not a hindrance there. Um, he does battle on occasion with the glass. Um, sometimes when he has a physical mismatch, he, he can he can finish. Uh, he had some good some good dunks yesterday. Um, his switchability is pretty okay. Um, for a, a big, uh, if like I would say, if you were to play him like twelve minutes. His ability to switch in those twelve minutes would be useful because he's not, you know, he's not flat-footed, but uh, he's not a he's not somebody you can play in drop coverage. I don't know where I don't know why people were. I I feel like just because they think he's seven foot, like they just literally lied and called him a rim protector. Like he has, never had, he has never had that reputation like ever in the in the league, and but I, I just think because they saw he averaged over one block a game. And he's seven foot. They just automatically assume, and he can jump, and he has good size. He's automatically a rim, rim protector. Very odd, you know, way of, of of convincing yourself that that, that would work. But uh, as you can see, he's not a rim protector. Our interior defense is trash now. Um, <laughs> one of the things we, you know, one of our issues we had um, when we had Gasol was. Uh, People complained about our rim protection, but because we, we gave up points in the paint. But the thing was, teams had to continuously attack to get those points in the paint. They weren't they were, very. They efficient. were working. They were working. Absolutely. It wasn't very. It wasn't a very efficient, you know, points in the paint. Like if you just looked at oh, points in the paint given up when it was the saw and AD, um, you would see that we were what in the bottom five. But when you actually took into consideration field goal percent allowed at the rim. Yes. Yep. We were in the top of the league, top five, top three of the league. So we were people were gaining points but in the paint, but they were not efficient. So that's why our defense was so good, you know, to start the year for most of the year. Um when Drummond comes along, not only are they driving to the rim, but he's not deterring anybody. Uh so he's not in good position. He's not a real rim protector. He's not blocking shots. And guys are scoring at the rim, you know, big men who could 
shoot outside or uh, taking advantage of his lack of positioning and lack of uh, defensive awareness. Man, that like, Kings game, buddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was his name? Betu? I forgot his name. <laughs> he had a Jay couple wide open. Yeah. Uh, Powell. Like, these are guys who are having career nights, you know, back to back to back. Like, that's not a coincidence. Like, you can't convince yourself this work. You can't. The problem I have with people with this drumming thing is that they want this to be, they want this to work so much. They're literally now, they're literally now just insulting everyone's intelligence. Like, they were doing this before we signed Drummond. Like, they were literally telling people who had watched Drummond for years that they were lying about what was happening, that he'll be better with the Lakers because, you know, uh, he was on bad teams. He looked good here and there without AD, without Ron, because he was the main big. Like I said, one big is fine. When you're playing him and you're playing Keith and you're playing Kuz and they're spacing the floor and he's the only big there, that's cool because then it's just him and the rim pressure guy, which is uh, Dennis, and that's it. Like, you know what I mean? You, if yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Between, you know, plot, plot, uh, parts in the paint, you have shooters that are open that Dennis was kidding on those driving kicks with the pick and roll, right? Like, that was pretty solid offense. It was pretty fun to watch the Lakers without AD and without Brown. Put AD in, now you're doing that weird spacing because AD's not a true stretch big. Teams aren't, are going to live with him shooting outside shots. Uh, he likes to, to, to paint, paint, uh, like, you know, set up shop in that. A face-up high to mid-post area, uh, which lets teams – makes it easier to guard because, like, Drummond's not going to move. Exactly. Like, I, exactly. I said that. I was like, you people are – you're yelling at him to drive. I was like, where do you want him to go? You got Drummond in the dunker spot who's not a lob threat or a putback threat. The guy's just sitting there in the basket because you're not, he's not even violating the three-second rule because Drummond's right there on Drummond. the block. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the guy's just playing. sitting there. So AD sees that. And he's like, oh, well, let me take a fadeaway here or a turnaround jumper, right? So my thing was like, what do you want him to do? <laughs> and then, and then, then it gets even worse because then you add LeBron into the equation. Yeah, and, right. as, and as dangerous as LeBron has made himself from the from the three teams are going to live with him shooting threes. Pick your poison. Yes, pick your poison. Chances with him shooting threes, and they're going to make sure you don't drive with the paint. So guess what you do when you have Drummond with AD and with LeBron? And oh yeah, with Dennis Schroeder. Guess what you do now? Now you've just screwed over three of your best players because Dennis is best at going to the rim. LeBron is best at going to the rim. AD is at his best when he has that threat of going to the rim. That is all gone because you're playing a guy who's in a camp in the paint. So now your three best players and their three strengths are all taken away because you've refused to take out the guy who's making it easy to defend. Like, like, like it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, Dennis has no driving lanes. Like, he has to drive and take a midi. AD has to settle. LeBron is trying to draw Drummond's man for a dump off, but then he dumps it off and Drummond can't make a <laughs> dunk. Like it's just it's 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 really ridiculous. Um, like I said, like people look, Drummond is okay. We're not saying he can't play at all, but stop lying. Like just stop stop lying at this point. Please stop lying. It's been okay, it's, so, it's been enough games to see. All right. So where I want to go from here is a lot of it was speculation that you know Vogel was saving something for the playoffs as he did last year to give to you know give credit. A lot of this is just to keep AD off the five until, you know, it's time. The 
other side of that is the Lakers are fighting to stay. I, I, I didn't pay super attention to it. They're fighting to stay out of the play-in. Like, I look at their schedule next week, and then where Portland and Dallas are, you know, Denver, you know, jumped the Clippers tonight, so even even them. So it was like they're fighting to stay out of the play-in, which you want to avoid because in one game, anything can happen. Anybody gets hot, somebody goes cold, right? You just you just never know in a one-game scenario. So, you know, do you try to save AD now or you risk, you know, p- potentially putting yourself off? Because I'm saying, like, looking at, like, you got Toronto, the Nuggets, the Clippers, you know, those aren't drumming games. Looking at, you know, how those teams play, those aren't drumming AD together, you know, type games because of the personnel they play. Like, you know, you're going to have Drummond out there when, the, when they're when they playing, you know, Siakam and OG, what I'm saying, on, on the front line and, and trying to switch and put them out there in space. Like, it's, it's just not, you know, feasible with him out there. So where are you with that as far as, you know, saving AD at the five versus the sense of urgency that the Lakers need, where, the, where, they, where they are in the standings in the playoffs coming up? They need to worry about building some type of – like honestly like people keep talking about they'll be fine they'll be fine but this is like a new team like you have ben i mean grand ben's a catch and shoot shooter so he's easier but you also have west you have gasol these are like those two are guys that are going to be valuable in the playoffs right but they're not playing right now like where you know how how is their minutes looking you also need to build better chemistry with dennis Schroeder, who's going to be our third third go-to guy second but best ball handler you have to build chemistry with him, you know, making sure. Because he had good chemistry, and all of a sudden LeBron and Drummond there too, and now an AD back, and now all of a sudden it looks wonky again. You got to build that chemistry because it's not last year. Like, I don't think people understand. We've only had the, – the Lakers as a team have only had 19 practices. Like, last year we had practice, you know, during the you know, the COVID lockdown, guys were obviously sneaking off. Watch going over film, all that stuff. We're having their own player run stuff, uh, and you also had the fact that there was a it was a routine regular season. You know what I mean? Like you had built up a bunch of practices, you right. had the off season, and all that. This year you didn't have that. You had a short off season. You know what I mean? You had the nineteen practices as a result, so you wanted to keep your body fresh. There is no like, like I I I, I ask myself like, have you have these people played sports? Like, sometimes just ask that question because people, the way people talk, I'm like, have you played sports? Like, there's a reason you practice. Like, I, I, I don't think people understand. Like, like this is what, not what, what you say in the group chat, this is not 2K. <laughs> this is not 2 Like, it's not 2 case, bro. Like, you, there's a reason you practice. It helps you learn tendencies. It helps you get muscle memory of what your teammates like to do on the court. You know what I mean? Like, it was passes LeBron was throwing when he came back. And guys weren't in that spot because it's like, oh man, I thought he was gonna be there. You know, what yeah, I, mean? like I remember. Stuff, yeah, yeah, happened a couple times. Happened a couple times. That stuff you work out when you're practicing with each other because you know where the guys are gonna be. Like, like these things are important, man. Like, like if you play, anyone who's played sports will let you know that these things are important. There's a reason why sports folk always talk about chemistry. They always talk about continuity because right. we played the game. You know, as some organizer, we played the game, so you know. And if you played the game, you've been successful, and you had repeated success at some level then you know what is, what's, what that requires for you to put in. And it's like, when you just disregard that, it's like, you haven't, then you, I, it lets me think that you haven't really, you don't really understand what it takes to get to a level that, that they need to be at. And uh, that's my concern with them. They need to, whatever it is that they do, they need to, they need to pick 
they need to start ready to gear up. They're trying to gear up for playoffs. People keep saying that, you know, there's some people saying that they should, they don't need to show their hand, bro. It's eight games away from the playoffs, man. And, yeah, and, not, and, and they're not solidified in the spot yet. They're not solidified in the spot. You have to start building a sense of continuity. Like, like when it was in the bubble, right, people keep talking about, oh, well, we stumbled in the bubble. Well, when it was in the bubble, like I said, not only do you have all that continuity built up, not only do you have all that practice that you don't have this year, you also had the one seed locked up. Right. <laughs> right. Like you had the one seed locked. It's not like you were fighting for position. You could do whatever you want at that point because your position was not going to change. And not to mention, we beat, they beat good teams in that bubble. Like, yeah, we played trash, but look who they played trash at. It was against the Raptors and the Scrubs that they played trash because they, they just. The jazz and the Clippers, right? Yeah. Clash the Jazz, Clippers, and Nuggets. Yeah. They yeah. the Nuggets for resting guys, but they beat, you know, three of the best playoff teams in the West, you know, last, last season. You know, in the bubble. So it's not like they weren't playing good hoop, and, you know what I mean, to a competitive level. Like, they were still playing competitively even when they were slacking off. But now they're not even beating good teams. You're not beating good teams, and you're not beating the bad teams. So it doesn't look good at all at, the, at this point. And, it, and it's like there's not – like, yeah, Bronze going to flip a switch, but what switch does Drummond have? You know what I mean? You're banking on guys like Gasol and West to be big in the past, but what rhythm do they have? They're not playing. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not playing. These are you know these are rhythm shooters. These are rhythm guys, and they're not playing. So it's like these things are concerning, man. Like you have to get these guys into the flow of the game, man. <sighs> Look, man, I don't know what. It, I just, it's just I not, and like people are starting to catch on this season. So I said this stuff last season when I was tweeting. <laughs> people were like, "Oh, it'll be okay. It'll be okay," and they ended up working out. But now people are getting concerned, and they're starting to see what I was saying last year. There's a lot of politics that screws this team over. Yeah, moving on to that, because before we get off the Lakers, last thing, Anthony Davis. Uh, earlier in the yeah, season, it was, it was a pointed, you know, a, a, a point of note that he was not engaged defensively like he was last year at all, where he was arguably the best defensive player in the league. It just wasn't yeah. the same. Uh, for me, since he's been back, that's been the biggest eyesore, and it sticks out, you know, the bad closeouts. You know, not taking an extra step to contest, right, flybys on, on guys, letting them get to the rim. Uh, that is what's concerning for me. For me, he is not a light switch guy like LeBron. He needs to rev up and be at a certain level. I think that's, in his career, that's kind of where he's been his best. You know, not saving himself or trying to click a switch when, when it matters. So what do you think about AD since he's been back and what, his defense particularly, which is definitely not up to the, you know, level we're used to. Yes, I mean, it was, it's, it's been concerning all year. Um, like you said, if, like if people go back and look at the Pelicans, like all those um, great playoff runs he had, he's always had a great second half of the year. You know, you, you know the first playoff uh, appearance they made, you know, where they lost to Steph Curry and got swept, like he had a great second half of the year. Yeah, he wrapped up. And then you had the one where Boogie went down. He went to the five. Same thing, dominated the whole second half. The Pelicans were one of the best, was like one of the best teams in the league in this post-All-Star game. You know, that second playoff he made where they swept Dame. Uh, you look at last year, uh, he was on a dominant tear like most of the year. You know, he led the Lakers in points. He was a defensive player of the year type guy. I think he was averaging over 10 rebounds a game. Uh, or uh, definitely at least close to to that. Like he was very dominant 
defensively and, and offensively uh, showing up almost every night. He was definitely our most consistent player, yeah. I would say. And, uh, and that translated when he got to the playoffs. Um, people are saying switch. And when let's be real. Like I said, let's be real. When you say when you think switch, you're thinking of you thought of two guys last year. Last year specifically was two guys, LeBron and Rondo. Those guys, you know, they did that before. You know, these are guys who are notorious where it's like, you know, they've shown that they have that switch. This year, when people talk about switch, who are you really talking about? You're really just talking about LeBron. Because it's not many other guys on the team that have any type of switch. They kind of just go how LeBron goes, especially with the role players. So this is why I feel like, you know, the role players will be fine because I know LeBron will turn it on. He's going to get the role players involved. I need to see what type of time Anthony Davis is going to be on because I've never seen him go from, uh, you know, I've never seen him, like, have stretches where he was, like, really bad in an like, extended period of time and, and like, effort-wise, and then all of a sudden he's playing, like, a, you know, top three guy in the league. Like, he right. looked like that last year. He looked like that the whole year. Like, you know what I mean? He wasn't right, even, right. Like all year, in, in all year, it wasn't something he just like went out of That's why we were the one seed. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. We were the one seed. It, was, it was dominant. It was dominant all year. He, he was dominant all year. So I, I don't know. Like I, I have to see with Anthony Davis. Uh, the role players are going to go with how LeBron goes, and we already know LeBron's going to turn up. But they need more than LeBron and role players to win to win the West. I mean, other teams are stacked. Other teams are playing with continuous continuity and have look sharp. Uh, so they're going to need AD, man, because, uh, I mean, they're going to have to figure something out because this, the politics of this team and AD wanting Drummond to play along with him, that's not going to work. Uh, it's not going to cut it out. I mean, I don't even know if it would work if AD was dominating defensively and Drummond was so that I think our offense would still be bad. But the Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the, the, the spacing is so bad, it's tough. But 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 then you have the fact that AD's not even trying. Like Like, here's the thing, too. Uh, you know, people are now seeing that AD is not giving full effort, so they're they're critiquing him, but they're doing it for the sake of Andre Drummond, which is like, bro, AD was doing this at the beginning of the year. You know what I mean? He was doing this at the beginning of the year, but we were still good because why? Just schematically, we had Mark Gasol out there, spaced the floor, much better, much smarter defender. So we were still a top defense, and we were still getting decent looks on offense here and there because we had proper principles because Mark Gasol is out there. Take him off, add Drummond. Now it just looks bad all around. Yeah, I got. I got, it, it was kind of bad. The injury hit at the at the wrong. AD's injury hit at the wrong time. If I recall, Mark's shooting was starting to hit an uptick as soon as like right when AD got. It was starting to come together because Mark was uh, approaching you know high thirties, low forties in terms of three point percentage, and he was getting them up more. So the volume was there, and the AD gets hurt, and it throws everything you know in the flux. So but the crazy thing is, Mark has maintained that since he got it. That's true. And yeah. I don't know if it's because he got his win back or if he because he got in better shape. But, yeah, COVID uh, too. He remember he had COVID. Once he found his shot, he's been keeping that. I mean, his shot's been good since he found it. Uh, even last game when he got it, got in five minutes, he's still hitting. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like man, like eight. Like I said, at some like Lakers gonna have to um, figure out what they want to do. Um, they're not the one seed. You're not gonna get a tune-up series. You know yeah, what I mean? It's going to be a dog fight from round one, whether it's Clippers, Nuggets, Suns, 
But, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter who you see round one. It's going to be dogfight from round one. So you can't have no tune-up series where it's like, oh, well, um, you know, we're going to see how the bigs work with each other in the playoffs. And I, no, you're not going to get that opportunity because the team you're facing now is going to play those dudes off the floor from the jump. That's what their goal is. Their goal is to make you suffer by playing Andre Drummond from the beginning. So you're not going to have that margin for error you had last year playing the Blazers and who were playing with Whiteside and Nurkic at the same time. You know what I mean? That's not going to happen this time around for, for, for them. So they're going to have to figure out a philosophy. I mean, he's saying he wants to experiment. I don't know. With Vogel, I don't know. Like people are panicking, but with Vogel, experimenting might be in the sense that um, that could also be his co-word that he will bench Drummond because he'll put that under his excuse of experimenting. You know, so the thing when Vogel says experiment, it means he's going to try things, and it most likely means he's probably going to do what he should be doing. Um, but he's only, but he's saying in a way where it's like, I don't want to say I'm benching this guy or that guy. It's, <laughs> like, it's The politics is annoying. So like I said, man, it's going to come down to Anthony Davis at the end of the day. His effort and he's going to have to have some leadership in making sacrifices for his team um, because to win takes sacrifice. I mean, obviously you don't want him to overdo it in the regular season. But like I said, you're eight games away from the playoffs. You're going to have to start ramping it up. Yeah, so it's time, it's time to get it, get it to go mode. Like That's I said, y'all, 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 there's no tune-up series no more. Yeah, not. <laughs> We're not playing the Blazers in round one who had to play like how many games just to get into the playoffs. There's no tune-up series, bro. You're going into the playoffs, and you're probably going to play Jokic or Kawhi or Book and CP3. You're going to play cerebral players from the jump. So it's like there's no there's no need to – you can't relax because you're playing juggernaut competition from yeah. the first round. So and, – and, and, like, look, we believe that they can beat anybody, but you're not going to beat – you're not going to beat people half-assing your schemes and half-assing rotations and, you know what I mean, and those type of things. With no, con- with no continuity. With no continuity. You're not going to beat teams spying dudes' games because you want to you want, you want to play buddy ball with, with guys who shouldn't be on the floor. Like, you're not you're not about to beat good teams doing that. Like, you're not th- – the Lakers are – I don't know if people are saying, Lakers are not that much better than everybody else. They're, you know what I mean? You're, you don't have three <laughs> superstars you, that can play defense and offense. You can't, you can't be doing that. So they got to play the right way. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Speaking of one of those juggernaut teams, Phoenix, man. After you, even after how Utah was went crazy to start the season, was ahead of everybody. Suns finally caught them to, to Utah's credit. They didn't lose Donovan Mitchell injury. They've been five and five in their last ten games. But Phoenix is officially the number one seed by virtue of tiebreaker. 
you were the highest I've seen on Phoenix. I remember you, you had him at a, at a possible three or four seed. Uh, yeah. I have him in the, in the four or five level, but nobody really saw this. So my question is, 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 is Phoenix – they're obviously legit, but is they, do you feel like they can win two series to get to a conference final? You know, I think depends, a lot of this depends on matchup. We don't know yet. Because you know their go-to guy, you just hasn't, hasn't done it before. So where, where right. are you? Where, where are you with Phoenix? You know, going forward as a you know their viability in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean Phoenix. I definitely see they think they can make the Western Conference Final. Um, the last time CP3 played with a wing of that caliber, he went and he almost went to the finals, or almost beat a super team on the way there. Uh, they have two closers. Uh, in CP3 and Book, that's a good thing with them. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, if one is slacking, the other one can pick up. So they have two shots at it. And these are guys who are three levels four, so they can get on anywhere on the floor. Um, and they're great ball handlers, obviously, and they can both play make at a high level as well. So they're not just get their own shot. They can get other people their shots as well. It's, that's a great thing that they have. Um, it's just going to come down to experience. I mean, yep. I was going to say. <laughs> And the only reason I like people are looking at me and they're like, yeah, they don't, oh, they don't match up with the uh, uh, Lakers, and I'm like, yeah, that's this year because Aiden is still green, and Bridges and Johnson are still building muscle. You know what I mean? So Bron is still bigger than those dudes, and obviously Crowder is not going to be enough. When you get Johnson. Bridges and Aiton book a playoff run. Yes. Where they see the level of competition, where they understand, okay, this is how you have to play in the playoffs. This is the type of energy you have to bring all the time. And then they have another offseason where they, they're training to get to, to combat that level. They're getting their bodies to combat that level. They're getting stronger in the weight room uh, to play at that level. That's a really scary uh, team. I think the only thing missing – and I would have penciled them for the finals next year if they had drafted Halliburton, because then they would have just had their backup point guard. It's yeah, it, it, would, it would be it would be Cameron Payne. <laughs> yeah, you know, if they had drafted Halliburton, now you have one of Chris Paul, Halliburton, and Book on the floor at all times. I mean, I would have said they're going to the finals next year. Uh, but, um, you know, that's the one thing I think they're also going to miss. That's also going to hurt them this year. Um, and that's why I feel like their ceilings Western Conference Finals, obviously, barring the right, uh, you know, you know the right opponents. But if they get that, you know, backup point guard situated in the off season. If they get a good playoff run, and they go and get a solid backup point guard, you know, whether it be a Rondo, I don't know, don't think Rondo CP3 can play on the same team, but um, <laughs> whether it be you know, like, uh, um, whether it be like uh, even a TJ McConnell, you know. A solid defender and, and a facilitator who's not going to try, try and do too much. Um, once they get that solid backup point guard, uh, hey man, I really high on Phoenix in the future. I'm I'm a Devin Booker fan. After what he's done this year on both ends, I can really see them um, making a finals. Um, their team has all the ingredients. They're not going to do it this year, I don't think, obviously, because they're too young still. But I can definitely see it being next year 
people who talk about Phoenix don't understand who their wings are. They don't understand the talent of Bridges, the talent of Cam Johnson. They don't understand the a lot of potential that Ain has. I mean, look, bro, you guys talk about Jokic, the MVP. Go look at what the MVP was doing against Aiden in three games. Go look at that percentage. That's a center. He shot 37% with 30, 25-plus field goal attempts on Aiden. He shot 30-something percent. Yeah, I think the thing with Aiden is it's always going to be, you know, they took him over Luka. So they're just not going to appreciate it. He'll right. never be Luka, like rightfully so. He'll never be Luka. Right. But, you know, that shouldn't diminish what he's going to bring to Phoenix for their championship you know, aspirations going forward. So that's I, I think that's, I think just that's just the lens people look at him through. So it's always going to be less than what whatever he his 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 total is. And you know what? That might go well for Phoenix because when people overlook a team that young, like people understand they're super young and they're having this much success already. Right. Like, if you want to overlook that when they come back again and they do damage and you see them in the finals. Don't act shocked. Like, people like to like, – man, we'll see. We'll see with the Lakers because – look, look, bro, if, look, if you think these dudes are about to come three-peat, if you even think they'll make the finals three straight years and three straight seasons, man, look, man, LeBron's best days are behind him, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, LeBron's best days are behind him. He's only getting older. Um you that was a wild. That, that was for even for him. That was a wild comedy put out there uh, yesterday. He basically just told everybody he's old, man. He said, <laughs> "I'll never be 100 percent again." That's him basically saying he's getting older. Like, like at some point, you know, Brian, it happens. Man, it happens. It happens. Happens. You just have to accept what 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 it is. You know, you just have to accept it for what it is. Um, I think this is the lake a great chance for Lakers to to get a, a, a two peat. Um, I think they can definitely repeat this year. But uh, looking at the landscape of the NBA, looking at the Nuggets, looking at the Nets that you know the Nets are going to solidify their weaknesses in, in, with a full, real full offseason with the big three. Look, man, the Lakers need to not throw this season away. If they want, <laughs> you know, if they want to maximize the title window right now, they need to put their all into the season right. and, and, and get that. Right. And sticking with the Suns and, and, and CP3, uh, recently uh, Isaiah Thomas' 16th birthday yeah. just passed. This is, this is, this is a Troy Pistons legend, Isaiah Thomas. And I don't know, this is the first time I've seen it. It was this year. Like, I've never seen it. But, you know, obviously Chris Paul's last two years uplifting, you know, franchises that have, you know, low expectations and hadn't done much recently, did it with OKC. You know, I think their roster was a little bit undersold before the season. And then Phoenix, and then to Phoenix's credit, you know they ended last year on a on a heater. Well, I remember before in the bubble they were almost undefeated. They barely missed the playoffs. They were so high yep. in the bubble. So the a lot of the, the the hipster take is that Chris Paul is ahead of Isaiah Thomas on the all time point guard list. Um, I feel that that is severely lacking context which is uh, happens a lot when you try to, you know, compare eras. And I think what it is, Chris Paul is a is a box score champion. I think aside from Steph Curry, his box score stats probably look better than any other point guard 
<laughs> in NBA would, history. I wouldn't so even, I wouldn't even say it's the it's the analytics. That's what I meant. The analytics stuff, yeah. not the box. So you're right. The analy- analy- his analytics yeah. probably look better than any other point guard aside from Steph. You know and what I'm saying? Johnson, it's probably magic. It's probably magic, times. right? So my thing is, well, do you have Steph? Do you have uh, Chris over uh, Zeke? And if not, or if you do, where do you have Chris Paul all time on your point guard list as of right now? No, I don't have him over Isaiah Thomas. Um, I have him. Um, I have him arguably. I have him arguably at a uh, what's his position? It's, he's at he's over fighting for the five. I mean, he's in that tier uh, with uh, Stockton, Gary Payton, um, and the Robinson. Oscar Oscar Robertson Robertson yeah okay, um, okay he's in that tier from like four to 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 seven you know and you also even have kid you can you can argue kid um I I don't take Nash because uh you know he just was too deficient on the defensive end whereas I yeah. think you know guys like Stockton Kid and Peyton were able to facilitate score and play defense as well as CP three so that matters um. I know analytics guys are analytics guys are heavily skewed towards offense. So when they yeah. see point guards with high offensive efficiencies and high offensive numbers, they like, oh well, this guy you just drop this guy here with this def- with these type of players and automatic. But uh, you know you you under you undersell film like um, you know what Isaiah was able to do against the Lakers on a bad ankle, for example. Um, people talk about well when Isaiah had moments, that's the the moments people look to to say that that's why he's better. I seen a tweet like that. Well, like, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> because those moments define your legacy, man. When you have moments that on the route to a championship, or you have moments where you're battling for a championship, and you have iconic signature moments at the highest level, that's that's kind of why you're playing the game. That's part of why you play the game. Yeah, about so those positions. To have those moments and, and and why are people talking about like Isaiah is this, like I've seen somebody tweet that he's only the only, his saving grace was his playmaking like like what <laughs> like like, huh? like if like go to his stats he had like four years in a row twenty plus points on almost fifty percent shooting like forty five plus percent shooting as a small guard with 11, 10-plus assists a game. That's his numbers, 20 and 10. He was 20 and 10. His career average, Isaiah Thomas' career average, is 19 and 9. Yeah. It, it's, I just want to say, like, and I saw people, like, you can tell, that's why you tell people don't, don't have, or weren't there or they haven't researched it properly. People throwing all-NBA teams in Isaiah Thomas' oh face. First of all, they didn't have a third all-NBA third team until 88, bro. He was in the league yeah. in 1981. So yeah. for seven years where it's not even a third team to put him on because the NBA didn't have it. And, and Chris Paul's going to get a third team that's, most likely this yeah, year. That's what, that's what I'm saying. They're counting as his 10th, and he already has a third team before. So that's two NBA teams that Chris Paul has, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that Isaiah Thomas didn't get a chance to compete for because it never existed. Yeah. And like you said, i seen you tweet something else. The media hated it. That's what I'm saying. I was going to piggyback that. So – the, the Pistons lost to the Celtics in 87, and then 
Dennis Rodman, you know, said, you know, Bird only look, gets looked at as good because he's white. And then they asked Isaiah, and Isaiah said, I agree with what Dennis said. After that, in addition to how, you know, the Pistons kept beating up on the Darling, which was MJ, and he had beef with Magic because of something that, you know, happened between them. You know, Isaiah Thomas did not get voted to another All-NBA team after that comment. He didn't go All-NBA the two years they won the title. I want you to process that. The two years they won the title, he was not an All-NBA player. So you can't throw All-NBA in my face without understanding, you know, the context of what he went through. Like, some of it was self-inflicted, but that's still not right for him to, you know, not be acknowledged. (laughs) Self-inflicted because they didn't like what What he said. Like, right. that's not, it has nothing to do with how he played. You didn't right. like so, what he so, played. You, so you mean to tell me the two, the, the two years he won a championship, he wasn't in the conversation for the best point guard in the NBA? Like, everybody who, who watched that era pay attention to it, they'll tell you the only point guard better than him throughout that 80s was Magic Johnson. Not Stockton, you know, not Mark Price, who made teams ahead of him ridiculously because of the media bias. You know what I'm saying? It was only one guy better than him. It was Magic. And, you know kind of going off what your your tiers were, I think the, your, the consensus top three, my, my top three point guards, you know, Magic's a little bit of a cut above everybody else. And then I got Steph, and then I got uh, Isaiah. I understand some people having Isaiah still ahead of Steph. I don't, but I don't get too much pushback because I understand where they're coming from. But I just think to put Chris Paul over, we're going to segue into this a little bit, to, Chris, to put Chris Paul over Isaiah, I think, is stepping over a few things because I remember like the, like uh, Isaiah's had a couple you know play out like the, the choke job against the Celtics with the inbound, but I remember that that Lob City where they were favored. I think Houston had pulled hard now. They had pretty much mailed it in. They were up three one, and I remember Josh Brewer, Josh Smith, and Coy Brewer brought back the Rockets uh, down three one, and they ended up losing that series in seven games. I'm like like stuff like stuff like that has happened in Chris Paul's playoff career and the durability issue where he just he gets hurt at the wrong time, which is not necessarily his fault, but you know, the the availability does matter at a certain point. And and, and you know, you have people say some stuff with Isaiah Thomas say, Oh, part of his, you know, title ring he got lucky because other guys got hurt as if as if in eighty seven he wasn't playing on a bad ankle and the yeah. Lakers won because That's he, what I'm saying. He right. right. Like, like you know, people just don't, like when people have their mind made up, they just want to start they just say one track and they just act like everything else doesn't matter. What matters is this. Isaiah Thomas was balling all decade, period point blank. He beat Jordan, he beat Bird, and he beat Magic. He led teams that beat those teams. And listen. He, <laughs> he helped he helped enhance Dumar's game. Because uh, he took on the facilitating role that, that, that so he could coexist with Dumars. He didn't fight with Dumars. You know what I mean? He he let Dumars get his shine, and they won. And he played two ways. He stuck up for his guys. He stuck up for Detroit. You know, he embodied that. You know, that city. A lot of Detroit folks, a lot of Detroit OGs on my timeline. You know, they 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 admire Isaiah Thomas what he was he did for the city. So you know, when you see people who just so get caught up in the moment of today. Like, even today, like, if somebody was like, what Luca's doing at 22 years old, I've never seen before, as if Kobe won, didn't have three titles by 22. And as if you didn't see LeBron literally backpack a team to the championship, to the finals at 22. It's like, just the, the prisoner that a moment takes that exists 
in the NBA world today is just very, very. I mean, you had guys who said Kyle Anthony Towns the best shooting big we've ever seen. <laughs> like, here's why you're with that, and part of that is because you know, and and I, this works with the other end of it too. People not acknowledging, you know, how rules have benefited, you know, certain exactly. guys. In both, change. It, it just happens in both eras, you know, with the illegal defense letting certain guys isolate, you know what I'm saying, back in the day. And this year with the in this league with the defensive three seconds and no hand checking, you know what I'm saying, in the, in the pace of space. In the 14-second the uh, That's what I'm saying. So, so the, 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 the numbers are so kind of bloated in this era. So, so what they do, they look at the raw numbers now and then look at guys back then and guys shooting you know, 52%, 53% now. And the guy shot 47%, 48 back then. And it just, there's no context to connect those dots. It's automatically assumed, well, he was better. And you don't take into account, you know, the 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 principles of the game or the I rules. Mean, I mean, and, and then people try to do the thing where they adjust per possessions. But even adjusting per possessions isn't always accurate because, like I said, it's a different game. Exactly. Like one era had three seconds in the key defense and the other doesn't. One has handshake, the other doesn't. You know, that's very prominent. One has legal defense, the other doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, these things are very prominent things that change how the game is actually played. You know, one one got offensive rebound and they had the whole full clock to work. <laughs> you get an offensive rebound there, you have to throw up a shot quickly. You know what I mean? And also, then you have the better spacing principles that you see in today's okay, game. Yeah, the printing of the principles, yeah. I mean, like, it's just so much that's changed that people just don't even account for. Like, this is why we have, you have to watch the games to understand the skill sets that people were employing and how they played and how the impact that they had. Um, yeah, like, Isaiah Thomas, at the end of the day, the guys that people re- revere as the greatest to ever play, he has victories over all of them. Right. And, they, and they, even they will tell you that, like, Michael Jordan can't stand Isaiah Thomas. He was still, he's like, he, he, he's, he's he'll, never, he'll never disrespect Isaiah Thomas exactly, as a player. Exactly. 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 And while we're on this, I think a perfect subject to what I want to talk about to last. And I think like, you've brought this up in several conversations, you know, that, that, that we've had. This thing about, uh, you know, rings culture in discussing basketball. I saw a couple people's rebuttal to this Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Chris Paul thing. Only thing Zeke has over him is rings, and I was like, no, it's it's not. <laughs> I was like, because you're looking at raw numbers. But I do understand where you know people have stuff that like that applies. So, you know, obviously the idea for those who don't know the ring, the idea of rings culture is that you know just because a guy has a championship, it circumvents you know a lot of things when comparing the two. And people have you know used to talk about basketball that way, you know, because the ring such and such is better than you know, such and such without looking at of their contribution to the ring and, you know, the role they played. I think Nap Nap shout out Naptown Ball on Twitter. He had the best, I think, breakdown the the the, the scenario he broke for me is he was like, you know, you can't look at Kyrie who played with LeBron, you know, for that year and call him uh, a winner, quote unquote winner compared to Chris Paul, you know, in his leadership role over all the years because we did see Kyrie trying to take that role and not be, you know, quite as successful. So what are you, where are you on, on ring culture and, you know, how do championships go you know, way to you personally when defining a player's legacy? Like what, what, what you, like you personally look at? Well, how, what was your impact 
on those championship teams. Okay, I mean, yes, exactly, exactly. Isaiah Thomas has a finals MVP for a reason because he was the guy on his team when he when they won one of their championships. You know what I'm saying? Like, then people are saying rings, but Chris Paul, you know, has a career career average of 18 points, 18 and a half points, 9.4 assists, you know, uh, 40 and on uh, 48, on um, 40, um, what's this percent? 47 percent, right? That's Chris Paul's career average. Isaiah Thomas' career average is 19 points a game, 9.3 assists on 45 percent. So what's the what do you mean rings? Isaiah Thomas is a baller, right? What are you like, like when people are saying people are saying rings like he's putting up a uh, Chauncey Billups number. Shout out Chauncey Billups, Mister Big Shots, the Hall of Famer. People are saying rings like he put up Chauncey Billups numbers on his way to a championship, like, right? Like, what are you talking about? He literally put up Chris Paul's numbers and won. What, what, do, what do you mean? And he has the mo and he has iconic moments. In the finals, like you can't say you can you can say well he's played on certain teams that were that were great. Chris Paul ha- was on title contenders on the Clippers, and he lost to Corey Brewer and Josh Smith. You can't ignore this. Like you can't act like that didn't happen for your narrative to say that well we saw him with the Rockets and he almost got there. Yes, we saw him with the Rockets and they were so close to knock off a super team. Yes, that almost happened. But it didn't happen, and unfortunately, it didn't happen. But we also saw Chris Paul have a title contender. He lost to Josh Smith and Corey Brewer. <laughs> saw Isaiah Thomas get hurt ankle and still battle the Lakers and Magic Johnson. You saw Isaiah Thomas beat Michael Jordan multiple times with his teams that was compared that had a good team. You saw Isaiah Thomas beat Larry Bird multiple times. You saw Isaiah Thomas beat Magic Johnson. You know what I mean? Like Isaiah Thomas did these things. You know what I mean? Like, right. they, like he he did those things. The things that you said, well, Chris Paul must be a super team. Well, Isaiah Thomas beat super teams. You know, you know what I mean? Like he beat those teams in his era. So, you know what I mean? Like, that's not some guy. Isaiah Thomas just doesn't have some random chip on a on you know, on a reg on a on a random a team that just got hot for a year and was a two seed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, didn't respect, he, didn't, he, he didn't jump on anybody's back. <laughs> like, like all respect to the Miami Heat, you know what I mean? Like, that was like the Cinderella type of run. You know what I mean? Isaiah Thomas wasn't beating Cinderella. He beat the Giants. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, 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 let's cut this ring stuff out. Like, to try and use ring talk on Isaiah, like he's not certified. Like, it's just, it's just the disconnect with today's talk of hoops. Like, man, he beat Magic Johnson, Kareem, Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan as the guy. Like, bro, I'm not trying to hear none of what these people are saying, man. Right. He, right. Has <laughs> he has numbers, bro. He has numbers. Right. He has numbers. 20 and 10, basically, in his career. Like, what are we talking about, man? Let's let's knock it off. Knock it off. And, and, and that's just, you know, in talking about deeper ring culture, like, I look about guys like, you know, Stockton, you know, the other his teammate, we don't say his name, uh, you know, uh Barkley, Iverson, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, those guys are legends, you know, we don't understand, but you know, we do also understand that a championship does add, you know, a, at least a hint of elevation, you know, to a guy's legacy, especially, you know, if he's the guy, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I think about, you know, think about how they talked about Dirk before two thousand eleven. 
Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Remember, remember the like the book on him before 2011? It was like ah, remember he had the, the the We Believe Warriors. No, they had, he won MVP and then lost as a as a the number one seed to the We Believe Warriors, right? And it just he was just tainted. It followed him for the next four years until he gets over the hump. Or they lost they they lost to uh, they lost to Miami in the finals. And he finally gets over the hump against the you know the 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 heels, right? So the Heatles win is what uh, what these people used to elevate Dirk. Exactly, oh, he, he led a team to the championship against a super team, but yet they look at Zay as like, well, that's what that's I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So it's like we we got to be consistent. That's <laughs> okay. This, I, I mean, I, I hate to say it. I'm gonna say it because I can. Because it's true. It's that racial element again, bro. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And obviously, it's not gonna. Um, it's not, they're not gonna, uh, they're not gonna, they're gonna say, well, it's comparing Chris Paul to Isaiah Thomas, but I mean, I saw his list with Isaiah Thomas, with uh, Stockton, Nash, or Isaiah Thomas. I tell you this right now, if John Stockton or Steve Nash had NBA titles beating Jordan, Magic Johnson, and Larry Bird, what do you think they would say about those, those guys? Certified, undeniable top three. Unless, like let's stop playing or let's stop playing around. Like let's stop joking. Like people go through hoops to try to make Steve Nash and, and Stockton, you know, arguably top three point guards. Imagine they had the resume Isaiah had with his numbers. Like, let's like, let, like, let's cut this out for for a second because it's clearly to see what's going on. There's no reason a guy like Isaiah who has the victories he has as the guy as a point guard, probably arguably the best six foot and under player ever to begin this type of disrespect. It's really just not as if they're saying he's just a rings narrative player. Right. <laughs> right. It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Right. Hey, we just wanted to touch on that real quick. That was like literally a hot topic today before we recorded. Uh, make sure you guys follow and subscribe to pod. Appreciate you guys for tapping in, you know, uh, rate, please, please give us ratings. You know, we appreciate all feedback, whether it's something on a timeline or something you want to hear us talk about. Make sure you, you add me or Kings on Twitter. We'll be sure to add it in. You know, we enjoyed that mailbag episode last week. You guys were really uh, rocking with it. We're going to do that again soon. Follow it's Kingsbro, at it's Kingsbro on Twitter. Follow myself, JJ Maples 55 underscore MST. Y'all take care. We are out of here. See you next week. We'll be back to the normal time. Y'all be cool. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.